Welcome to Motherhood in the Motherland. I'm Grace, a Korean-American mom of three, living in Korea, my motherland. So welcome back to the podcast. Today in Korea, it's actually a very big day. It's such a big day that apparently planes don't fly at certain points and police officers are dispatched um, throughout the country for security and safety purposes. Public transportation schedules are actually bumped up to accommodate for uh, more accessibility. And you find even strangers offering rides. And this is all because today is actually the day of the Sunung, which is the National College Entrance Exam here. And it only takes place once a year, like one day. And students here basically prepare for months and years. They go to Hagwon, which is like academies. They get tutoring. They spend so many hours every day devoting themselves to study for this exam because the score that you receive on this entrance exam is what determines your admission into universities and colleges. And so can you imagine being a student in a society where you feel like this one exam and this one score on this one particular day will determine your future and your success and your career path? (laughs) I mean, it's just so stressful to even think about um, and imagine myself being in that position. But I feel like that is the general vibe here. That's what a lot of people believe and it's where they devote a lot of their energy their resources their time into and so this is not just students but parents obviously they spend a lot of money and time in supporting their children so that they can do the best that they can on this exam truth be told college entrance i do believe is very important and especially here in korea in the society That's what everyone works towards, you know, to make it into the best college possible, mainly ones in Seoul and mainly the top colleges. We're talking about Seoul University, Korea University, Yonsei. Those are the top three that are pretty well known here. But I don't know if it's just me personally. And I don't know if this is because now that I'm a parent my mindset, my perspective has changed or because I'm just getting older or because of my particular upbringing and education. But I'm just not one to believe that your future is determined solely based on the caliber of the school that you go to. Because personally, I know of plenty of people who received a top-notch education but aren't that great of a human being and then there are plenty of people who I know that maybe with regards to education didn't receive the so-called quote-unquote best but I think that they are a stellar human being you know and so I think because on the day-to-day we don't really 
know or judge or see people based on what type of school they went to. You know, we see their character, we see their personality, their behavior, especially how they treat others, um, how they carry themselves. And of course, though some of that can be influenced by the school that you attend, I think a lot of it is actually not. And so I'm not saying that education isn't important. It definitely is. And I don't know if I've actually shared on this podcast, but I worked in education and my graduate degrees are in education. And so I know and believe in the importance of education, but I think oftentimes people think about education only from the perspective of school and schooling, right? What is learned or taught in school. And I think education is much more than that. And I think the main question about education should be what is the point of it, you know? Um, Is it just solely to get into the best college? What is even the best college, you know? Like, I think a lot of times in Korean society, and also amongst Korean Americans in the States, the best college is based on ranking or based on the caliber of the school, like in the States, we talk about the Ivies, right? But that may not necessarily be the best college for a particular individual. And and you get into the best college for what? So that you can then get into the best company. Like I think that's oftentimes what happens here in Korea. You try to get into the best college and then from there you want to get into the best company and all of that is then for what purpose, you know? Um, I think lately there's been a whole movement, not only here in Korea, but also in the States, where people are realizing that they don't necessarily want to be bound to the company that is their employer, because then you are at the expense of your employer. And so there's this huge wave of people wanting to become, like, I guess, more in the freelance work, being able to either content create or write or what have you because then as an individual you have more say over how you spend your time and also how you make your money and then in turn how you can spend that money as well. And so I think the biggest question I often find myself thinking about is what is the point of education? You know, isn't it maybe to learn and grow as an individual, to become a lifelong learner, to become a critical thinker, to think for yourself, to think independently and autonomously, to become a holistic, well-rounded individual, to then become an active and healthy citizen of your country, wherever you find yourself, right? But are these things only learned in the school setting And I don't think so. I think about college and about education a lot. And my husband and I talk about it a lot, in particular with regards to how do we want to raise our children? What do we want them to learn? What values do we want to instill in them? These are conversations we have quite often. And I think it's interesting to hear his perspective because, you know, both of us, we were very privileged and blessed to have received a very good education at very good institutions. But, you know, Young shares, like, he also racked 
up a lot of student debt, you know, in loans from his undergraduate degree. And I also had quite a bit of student loans because of my graduate degrees. And so though both of us do not regret having received the education that we did and we're very thankful for it, we do talk about, you know, would we have made different choices then had we known what we know now, especially with regards to what it requires you to pay off large sums of money, you know, like larger student loans. And realistically speaking, as parents now, we have three children and we look at the current trend of college education, at least in the United States, and man, is it expensive. (laughs) Um, And we have honest talks about, you know, whether we think we'll be in a position to be able to pay for all three of our children's college education, if that is what they choose to do, and if that's where they choose to go. And hopefully by then, I really hope that we will find ourselves in uh, even better position financially. But regardless of that, we talk about what is it that we want our children to learn? What are we as parents teaching them at home? And what do we want to emphasize? You know, truthfully, though I have degrees in education, I personally, uh, maybe it's because I'm so like, I'm, I feel like I'm spread so thin right now, but also I'm maybe a little bit lazy. <laughs> I don't actually spend that much time teaching my kids, you know, academic things. I don't spend time drilling them or having them do like study activities. And my eldest, he's six, almost seven, and he's now learning to read and write Korean. And he's dabbling a little bit in reading and writing in English as well. And I think part of it is that he's learning both languages at the same time. And so it's been a slow process. Previously, I did try to get him up to speed. I tried to sit him down and do workbooks with him and drill him and do phonics activities. And I did all this to try to get him to learn things when I wanted him to learn. And then I started feeling really anxious because I was comparing him and his performance with kids his age. You know, um, his classmates... They go to academies, they go to Hagwan, they go to receive English tutoring, math tutoring, and they are far beyond his current academic performance. And then also on the flip side, if I compare him to where he would be if he were in the States, he would be currently attending first grade and should be, I guess, already reading and writing in English. So... When I started comparing him to kids his age, I started feeling really worried. And I think at the core of my anxiety, it was really worry about what his performance or what what his ability academically was saying about me as a parent. And strangely enough, you know, because it was starting to actually affect my relationship with him, you know, because I was getting frustrated you know, when you sit and try to teach any family member anything, you there's a bit of, you know, bickering and arguing and frustrations on both ends. And so I started noticing that it wasn't necessarily helping in any way. And so 
when I decided to just kind of lay back and let him be, he started to pick things up on his own. And one day he just started reading signs whenever we were in the car. And he is now currently constantly asking me, you know, how do you spell this? How do you write this? And writing notes here and there. And and I think this just taught me that kids learn at their own pace. And rather than my trying to get him on my timeline, I think I learned that there is value in just waiting patiently and letting them discover and learn things on their own pace because then it's self-driven and it's self-motivated and it's more likely that it'll last. And I think that's what's more important for me is that our kids adopt this sort of idea of becoming lifelong learners. You know, Young and I both, we love to read and we're constantly reading different books on different subjects and having conversations about it and sharing books with each other. And, you know, even with my parents, they're always like recommending this book or that book and we do so vice versa. And I think that's the type of environment that I really ideally would have with my own children. I would love for us to just like have a Saturday morning where we're all curled up with our respective books and just reading quietly on our own. Like it's a little bit challenging right now because they're all still very young, but we do try to practice that, incorporate it here and there. But Recently, I had a phone conference, a teacher, parent-teacher conference with uh, my son's teacher. And, you know, I shared with her my concerns and the things that I am thinking about lately. And as, you know, my son will be starting Korean elementary school here in March, because the Korean school calendar actually starts in March, he will be entering first grade and Because I myself did not receive an education here in Korea, I'm not really sure what is entailed in school readiness, you know, like I'm a little bit more accustomed and versed in it when it comes to the American schooling system. I asked her about it and, you know, like it's not from a place of my wanting him to be at the top of the class and like I don't expect that at all. But I do want to prepare him for at least the bare minimum so that he doesn't find himself like floundering. And interestingly enough, she said something that comforted me because I felt like it sort of was right up my alley. She said rather than academic learning um, that I should really try to help him build autonomy and independence because she said students here in Korea Oftentimes when they go abroad, they are very good at the academic portion of things. They're pretty, they're in pretty good shape, but where they lack is the being able to do things on their own, being able to take initiative and taking responsibility, like those types of things she was saying Korean students often fall behind in. And she mentioned that it's often the case because these days, people here are not having children. And when they do, they only have one child. And so because they only have one child and that child is so precious to them, parents and oftentimes moms, they do everything for their children. 
And because of this, she was saying it often deprives the children of a chance to learn to do things on their own. And the funny thing is, I was telling her, like, that's actually one area that I'm not very worried or concerned about with my kids because I have three kids. I cannot and do not and will not do everything for them because I just can't like and so oftentimes they're learning to do things on their own or they're learning to do things for each other or helping each other and I realized from my phone conference my parent-teacher conference that the home setting even just the fact that we have multiple kids that in and of itself is actually a setting of like constant learning for them They're learning to bicker and fight and express their thoughts and feelings and present an argument, like present their case to somebody else. And also they're learning to listen to the other person's side of things, to apologize when they make a mistake, to repair the relationship. And it's just interesting because something that I learned from my mom, um, something that she always made a point to emphasize is that life is really about what you make of it and I remember my first job out of college was teaching as an associate teacher at a private school in Manhattan and because I was an associate teacher I would work with like a head teacher or a mentor teacher and I had experience working with various different teachers and although they were all veteran teachers mentor teachers Some of them were great and some of them were not so great. And I remember calling my mom, talking to her about some of these teachers and I would complain about, you know, this person's like this and it's so frustrating because they say this and do this and they expect me to do this. And, you know, I was just kind of venting to her. And I remember her specifically telling me, whoever your mentor teacher is, whoever you're supposed to be learning from, you can learn from anyone Because even if they're a bad example to you, you can learn what you don't want to become like. And that sort of stuck with me. I think this idea of wherever you find yourself, whatever circumstance situation you're in, it's really what you make of it and what you get out of it. And even if it's not an ideal situation, you can still learn and extract lessons from it and I think yes you know education learning growth development these are all things that can start in a school setting but it doesn't only have to be in a school setting and you know especially in school I think there's the ability of learning in a community and with other people and in diverse settings, you can experience a sense of accomplishment, a sense of teamwork. But like I said, these are things that you can also learn elsewhere. And so going back to what today is, the day of the Sunung here in Korea, on this day when so many students, I think I read that it's half a million students are taking the exam today. On this one day where they are often made to feel like this one score on this one exam is going to determine their future, you know, my hope is that these students will be able to take their exam in confidence, not only because they have poured out so much in preparing for it, but because they are not 
bound to this exam. I really hope that this next generation here in Korea will fully understand that this exam is not what is going to determine who they are in society, you know, and I think if I were to imagine this being my child and what I would say to them, I think I would tell them, hey, like, do your best. You have poured in so much time and energy in preparing for this and you're ready. You know, all you need to do is go in there and just give it your best and take your exam in confidence, but also take it knowing that your life isn't being determined by this one day you know there will be so many opportunities and it's really what you make of it this exam doesn't define you you are so much more and you're so precious yeah so you know today it's just sort of a on the whim my thoughts on education and my dabbling in a topic that I guess could be quite controversial (laughs) And I think I mentioned I'm not one to want to like rock the boat. And so I have actually avoided such topics up until now. But I do feel really passionate about this. I think I see so many younger people feeling the stress and anxiety of having to perform and caving under that pressure and yeah, you know, performance is important and doing well in school is great, but I don't think that that is all there is to life. And that's something I just really hope the younger generation here in Korea will continue to be able to really absorb and yeah, that they would be free to grow and mature and develop holistically, you know, not just academically, not just mentally, but socially and emotionally and relationally. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I actually created a Gmail account for the podcast because I would love to hear from any of you listening, um, any comments, feedback, questions, any topics that you would like to hear about. And so I always leave it in the show notes, but if you'd like to shoot me an email, the podcast email is motherhood in the motherland at gmail.com so would love to hear from you guys thanks for listening to motherhood in the motherland Mm -hmm.